Hey y'all, Jay Nice on the mic. I missed y'all. It's been um, about a month since the Dirty Diversity podcast has been back. This is episode 15 of the Dirty Diversity podcast and I'm actually recording this on Juneteenth. Um, so I have a lot of housekeeping items. Um, I'm actually visiting my parents uh, in Atlanta and going to some Juneteenth events. So I'm really excited that I get to sort of honor and commemorate the strength and resilience of black Americans and descendants of enslaved people in such a great city like Atlanta. Um, so first order of business, um, I just want to shout out all y'all listeners. Um, I did a workshop this past week for Amazon for one of the teams in Amazon. And, um, it was, it was really cool to chat with one of the workshop attendees who says he listens to the podcast, which I thought was super, super duper dope. Um, so I just wanted to first shout out to Mr. Dave. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Next order of business. Um, let's see. So I had, it's been like, so yeah, it's literally been the last episode dropped, uh, mid-May. Um, and we're actually going to go on a little bit of a hiatus again, the Dirty Diversity podcast, because as I may or may not have mentioned on the podcast, I am taking July off. I am so desperately in need of rest and repair and recuperation. So I am so, so excited that in about a week and a half or so, I will be taking a one month vacation um, during July. And so the podcast will be out uh, or will be not out per se, but the podcast will be um, sort of on a little mini hiatus. Um, we'll see. I may be able to record some episodes, um, because I love to provide episodes, content, um, before I, I leave on a, a little one month hiatus. I didn't even know that this past month would, would have been a hiatus, but, um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Life gets busy as y'all know. Um, but I'm really glad that we are into season two, we have over 50 episodes of the podcast and I feel like, and of course I'm biased in saying this every episode and season gets better and better. Some exciting news that I have is that I couldn't leave y'all for a month without providing some goodies for you. So uh, for those of you that follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn, you may already know this, but for those of you that do not, and for those of you that do want to connect with me, all of that info is in the show notes. So I finally finished recording my audiobook. I know I've been saying I was going to do it for like literally seven months, um, but I finally finished recording the audiobook for The Pink Elephant. So my goal is to finish the edits for The Pink Elephant and have that ready and available on Audible. My hope, it might be stretching it. Um, but I think where there's a will, there's a way and Mercury retrograde is about to be over in a couple days. So I am so happy, but I, I'm hoping that the book will be available sometime in early July. Um, and so for those of you who listen to the podcast, um, Joe, um, tap into my website, 
uh, on my website, you just put your email in and you'll get a newsletter. I don't spam you. I don't bother you, honestly. I sent a newsletter out today um, after four months. The last newsletter I sent out was February 1st. So, like, you know, literally, I do not, I will not bother you. I will not spam you. I will not, like... There's a lot of newsletters I had to unsubscribe to and unfollow because it was like a lot of incessant emails. Um, but I, I try not to bother y'all. But a lot of people ask me, when are you going to have a um, Dirty Diversity Dinner Series, um, which was formerly called the Diversity Dinner Dialogue. And we, the hope, y'all, and y'all are getting a first, uh, like, a first list or sneak peek. Um, not really a sneak peek, but you're getting like top secret info. I haven't revealed this, but my goal and my plan is to sometime in August do a dirty diversity dinner series. Um, for those of you who've been listening to the podcast, you may remember that, um, I used to do these pre COVID where I would host, um, conversations on a specific topic um, related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And usually I do them in New York City, but I've done one in Richmond, Virginia at this Black-owned coffee shop called Brewers, which was amazing. I am friends with the owner, Anthony Brewer. He is amazing. Um, but where else? I did one in, yeah, so it was just Richmond and uh, I think I was planning to do one in D.C., but that never came to fruition. But my goal is to do one in August sometime. It would be during the week. But if you are part of the mailing list, you'll get an email about it. So um, I'll try to mention it here on the podcast um, also. But if you want to like kind of like um, a first look or whatever, um, not first look. I can't even think of the word that I'm trying to think of. But if you want like a um, if you want a like a scoop, the inside scoop. Uh, you want to join the mailing list and you go to drjanisgassam.com, which is in the show notes. You visit the website and you'll be prompted to join the mailing list. Once you put your email in, again, I don't spam you um, and you're free to unsub if you find me annoying. But again, I, I won't spam you. I, I'm not annoying. I just like let you know when um, there are goodies dropping like an audio book or when there is something that's happening. You know what I'm saying? So that is something super duper exciting. And the events, the Dirty Diversity Dinner Series or Dinner Dialogue is always free. Um, they were actually sponsored by Papa John's pre-COVID. So Papa John's would bring like 20 boxes of pizza. Literally, this is no exaggeration. Um, they were mm, probably like 15 boxes, honestly. And there were always folks taking extra pizzas home. Um, and then they would have cookies, they would have drinks. So it was such a like dope event to connect with other folks who are in the DEI space in the tri-state area. I, I really miss the fellowship, but um, if all goes well, we'll be able to um, have host one in August. I have to connect with my Papa John's folks and my connect over there because it's been a minute. Um, again, it's been, of course, over a year. Um, but yeah, sorry for the whole ramble. Um, and uh, this Tuesday, June 22nd, I am co-hosting a conversation on my beloved Clubhouse. Y'all know I love Clubhouse with my co-moderator, uh, Meshach Cleary. And this week's episode, what is it called? Um, it is, um, what is HR's responsibility in addressing racism? So we'll be talking about, and for the last few Clubhouses, 
Um, we've been talking about um, HR, whether HR is friend or foe to black employees. We always have really great conversations, excuse me, on Clubhouse. And so I'm really excited about this week's conversation. Um, and so I, we, we'll probably continue the conversation into the 29th of June. And then I think I will be out for July again. It's really hard to just not do work for um, a month. I've never taken that much time off in my life. Um, I was like a student until I was 30. I got my PhD when I was 30. And so like I feel like I've been a student my whole life. And so I don't know what, what that month is going to be like of just not checking emails. And it'll be interesting. But um, I say all this to say this Tuesday, join us in the Pink Elephant Club. The info is in the show notes. If you're not on the Clubhouse app, you need to be. Um, there are a lot of really interesting and um, fruitful conversations taking place on the app. So I invite you to join and I have a link to join my club to skip the waiting list um, and join. Uh, it's now open to any phone user. It used to be open to just iOS users. So anyone who had an iPad or an iPhone, now anyone can use um, the platform. So I definitely encourage you to tap in to that conversation. So I will be dropping all the info when it happens about the audiobook. Um, oh, and some of you may remember, some of you who listen to the, po to the podcast may remember, um, last year uh, in September of 2020, I facilitated a 10-part course called Understanding, Undoing, Unlearning, and there's another you. Y'all know I love alliteration. Understanding, unlearning, unpacking, and something else. I, I just, I, my mind isn't working today. Understanding, unlearning, unpacking, um, and unlearning. Did I say that already? Um, white supremacy. So that course was a 10-week course that I hosted on Eventbrite. And the last day of class actually fell on Election Tuesday. It was just by happenstance. And um, so that class has just been finished. I sent it to an editor, a video editor. It's a husband and wife team. They're so dope. I sent it to them. Um, I've been working with them and it's finally ready. So tonight, after I record this episode, I'm gonna go watch the final version of the videos. And then if all goes well from there, um, I should be able to have those videos available for purchase on my website um, for those of you who missed last year when it was being offered and are interested in learning more about like the history of white supremacy in the US. And there were a couple folks that joined in every week that were actually from Canada and that still found the class to be informative and interesting and insightful. I actually learned a lot. I'm not a history person as y'all know. Um, contrary to maybe popular belief. I just never was really interested in history uh, growing up. But now as an adult, I understand and realize the value of learning history. And I think there's no way to understand fully how to remove systemic barriers that the most marginalized and oppressed folks experience if you don't understand history. So that was a long like uh, housekeeping but um, yeah, so uh, all the info that I'm dropping and all the info of uh, stuff that I'm saying is in the show notes. Um, but let's get into today's episode. So again, I'm recording this on Juneteenth um, and I, I just wanted to record a really quick sort of like 
my thoughts on Juneteenth and, you know, I, I think what we're seeing and what we're going to be seeing is the commodification and capitalizing off of Juneteenth. Juneteenth was is actually a uh, a national holiday that was celebrated in different parts of the country. I know it's celebrated in uh, Minnesota, in Texas, in different parts of the South. I actually learned about Juneteenth seven or eight years ago. And last year, I was asked to contribute my thoughts to Juneteenth to this newsletter. And I realized that the way that I sort of described it was inaccurate. Juneteenth is not the end of slavery. And that's how I described it last year when I did this takeover of this uh, large brand who asked me to sort of share what Juneteenth was for their, their audience. Juneteenth is actually the day that the last enslaved people learned that they were free. So as we know, in 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Um, however, there were a number of enslaved black people in different parts of the country that did not know that they were actually quote unquote free. And I use the term free loosely. So two and a half years later was actually when the last round of enslaved black people in Galveston, Texas, learned that they were free. So it's not the day that slavery ended, which is what I've been seeing a lot. It's actually the day that the last enslaved black people learned that they were new that they were free because this is information that, of course, the individuals that owned enslaved people didn't want their enslaved people to know that they were free. They wanted to keep profiting off of the the free labor and forced labor of black people. So um, I just wanted to make sure to mention that. But, you know, I've just seen a lot of weirdness with brands and it's like, as a as a non-black person, you shouldn't be capitalizing off of or making money off of Juneteenth. I think it's really interesting and it's ironic that, and I saw this on social media, that a lot, even though it's a federal holiday now, a lot of black people, especially those who are essential workers, don't have the day off. And yet many white people in these corporate jobs do have the day off. And, and the irony of that is not missed upon me. So, you know, I, I just, I, I don't think I can fully speak to my thoughts about this because again, I am, um, for those of you who are new to the podcast, you may not know this, but my parents immigrated to the United States from Cameroon, which is a country along the West Central Coast of Africa next to Nigeria. So I am not a descendant of enslaved black people. So I don't think that I can fully give my opinion or rather take my opinion with a grain of salt. Um, I think it's performative and, and it's cool, the symbolism and all that. But I think we need to be having conversations about one, reparations. And um, I wrote a detailed article about what reparations can look like for descendants of enslaved people. And the link to that article is in the show notes. So I think reparations are owed. So I'm, I'm sick of us talking about all of these other things. We see Black Lives Matter murals in the streets. We see Harriet Tubman being proposed um, or suggested as a person who can be on the $20 bill. We're seeing the black squares on social media. We're, we're seeing 
empty corporate state statements. We're seeing all of these things. We're not seeing an anti-lynching bill, which is a bill that has been, folks have been trying to get passed for a number of years. We're not seeing, um, or rather we're still seeing enslavement happen in a number of different forms from the school to prison pipeline, which disproportionately affects black youth, black uh, male youth. We're not seeing schools addressing and providing training to help these non-black teachers understand the adultification bias, which is the the bias uh, where non-black people and black people actually um, tend to uh, associate black children as being adults and being older than they, they are. A perfect example of that was the, the officer that shot Tamir Rice. Uh, Tamir Rice was uh, 12 years old and the officer thought that he was a man, a grown man. So we're not seeing that being addressed. We're not seeing the prison industrial complex being addressed and how black labor is being extracted from prisoners uh, a lot of these folks were falsely imprisoned or imprisoned um, based on uh, systemic racism and, and laws and rules and policies and, and things that are not equally applied to all people. Um, we're not seeing any of these societal oppressions and societal ills being addressed. Housing discrimination, the fact that black people are not just more likely to get steered away from mostly white neighborhoods, but also the fact that black homeowners homes are appraised as significantly less than their white or non-black counterparts it's like <laughs> the fact that we we can't teach the history of juneteenth in our schools the fact that so many folks are fighting against the teaching of critical race theory in school all of these things are not missed upon me so it's like yeah, it's cool that Juneteenth is now a federal holiday, but what are we doing to address systemic racism? What are we doing to address systemic oppression? What are we doing to remove the systemic barriers that impact the most marginalized people in this country, which are black people? So I think until we, we're having that conversation, we're just we're just talking in vain. And I want to see more of our conversations center these particular issues and work towards solutions and and creating a world where these types of barriers don't exist. And you know, Bell Hooks says a quote that I I, I love. And um, she says, we cannot become what we can't imagine. So if we want to create a world where uh, we're removing systemic barriers and we're addressing the ways that marginalized people continue to be oppressed, we have to imagine what that would look like and what that world would look like. And, and then we have to work toward those solutions um, and work towards what we're imagining. So I think that um, uh, to honor, you know, as a, as a black person, I will say the way that I think that non-black people can honor Juneteenth and and I don't want to say celebrate because it's not really something to celebrate the fact that even though enslaved people were supposed to be free two and a half years later the last of enslaved people found out that they were free so a lot of black people were supposed to be free but actually weren't and are still enslaved in a number of different ways even though you know even though um Juneteenth I guess is a day to honor and celebrate the resilience of black people and how pervasive white supremacy is, how pervasive and how 
um, everlasting uh, and insidious white supremacy is, I think that there are a number of, of things that you can do to support the black community. Um, and so one of those things is listening to and believing black people. I think we're so quick oftentimes to question the validity of, of the black experience and to racial gaslight and to, you know, when someone is sharing their experience with racism or with microaggressions, to question that and say, are you sure that it was because of racism or are you sure that that really happened where we tone police black people and black women Particularly, misogynoir is rampant, which is the unique form of oppression that black women and femmes experience. All of these issues, we need to listen to and believe black people. We need to amplify the voices of black people. We need to support black people. We need to provide the remove, we need to remove the systemic barriers that were created and continue because of white supremacy and we need to provide unique support systems to help black people advance and grow and thrive um, so i think that one way that we can advocate for and amplify black people is through the supporting of black owned businesses um, capitalism will not save us you know i i, I just want to make sure that i i preface the, this conversation by saying Capitalism will not save us, but that's a whole nother conversation. But I do think that the um, hundreds and hundreds of years that black people's labor was extracted, that black people's wealth was taken, that black people were not able to accumulate wealth, black people weren't even able to own property. What is one of the most mind boggling things to me, most preposterous thing is the fact that black people in World War II were after fighting in World War II, black black soldiers were supposed to benefit from the GI Bill. They were supposed to come to Long Island to um, the the first suburbs, Levittown, and they were supposed to have a new home, get a free education, and they got here. And America was like, psych. The GI Bill doesn't apply to you, black man or black person. Even though you laid down your life for this country, you fought for this country. Thanks for your service, but the GI Bill is for white people only. So it, it's just like mind blowing the ways that systemic racism continues to harm and marginalize and oppress black people. So I think that there needs to be an under a teaching of history an understanding of history in order to recognize how we can begin to remove these systemic barriers. I don't think not understanding history I don't, you have to understand history to be able to understand what the unique challenges that the black community faces are, what the unique challenges that the black community face is. Maybe, maybe that's, I don't know if I, I'm, I'm properly gra gra grammatizing, gra grammatizing. I don't know y'all, I'm tired, but I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but um, I think we need to understand history, essentially, um, to understand, again, the unique challenges and barriers that black people experience, um, study the black experience, learn the black experience, uh, venerate black people, recognize the sacrifices that black Americans in particular put into this country. And that's probably another episode. Maybe that'll be, maybe we'll see next week. I might get into that. Um, there has to be an acknowledgement from even black immigrants um, such as myself, 
who, you know, the I'm here and my parents came here because of the sacrifices that were made by black Americans in this country. And I think that that deserves to be recognized and acknowledged and, uh, and you know, having an understanding that all of our experiences as black people are not, you know, the same. Some of us who came here um, from other places have an easier experience and have privileges because we don't come into our our workplace or our lives with um, generational trauma that our black siblings have. So that, and that's a whole nother episode and, and maybe I'll do an episode on that um, next week. But yeah, you know, I think it's so important to listen to black people, amplify our voices, um, advocate for us, learn the history of, of black people in the U.S., learn black global history um, to understand how colonization not only impacts the U.S., but impacts Africa, impacts the Caribbean, uh, how a lot of French, former French colonies are still paying a colonial tax to France. That's a whole nother episode we can get into. But, you know, I, I think that there's a number of, of ways to advocate for and amplify black folks. I'll put a article in the show notes that I wrote um, a couple months ago about how to amplify black black people um, and what that looks like. But I hope that you took this Juneteenth weekend to to learn more about Juneteenth if you weren't familiar with it to read about and honor black people and the legacy and the resilience of black people and continue, I encourage you to continue to think about how you're gonna amplify, advocate for the black community. Y'all know I don't like the term ally or be an ally for, but think about how you're going to continue to be an advocate, advocate excuse me, for and amplify black folks, black voices, um, listen to black people, believe black people, and um, support black people in, an, in a number of different ways. So I'm kind of tripping over my words. So I think this is where I should end the episode. But I hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. You learned from this episode. Share this episode. If you enjoy this, share this podcast. Rate and review this podcast. Pretty please if you're listening on Apple um, it helps with the visibility of the podcast because as y'all know, I'm a one woman show. Um, also good news though, I am expanding my team. I just hired an assistant. Um, I have a, an accountant now. So, um, I'm building out my business because my goal is to be able to, you know, expand my reach and help as many organizations and help as many marginalized folks rather within organizations as possible. And in order to do that, I have to recognize that I can't do it alone and I have to build a team of people that can support me and help me to do that. So yeah, um, that is where I'm gonna end today's episode. Thank y'all so much for for listening. It means a lot to me. And and again, it I just was like, yo, this is so, that's dope that, you know, I have some folks in, in so many different places listening to the podcast. So with that, again, all the links and important stuff is in the show notes. Thank y'all for listening and um, I will check y'all out in the next episode.